Evans. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good evening and welcome to episode 288 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your very happy, proud host, Howard Kravitz. Thanks for joining us tonight as we are covering this Saturday's Pacific Classic Day. Wow, what an incredible late pick five and card. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Smash that like button and hit the notification bell so that you know when new content will arise. You can follow me on Twitter at hkravitz on the name tag. Scrolling at the bottom of the screen, email hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. If you can't watch us on YouTube, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. We have power picks every uh, Saturday. They're doing very well, as usual. Check it out. Look below the video player for uh, power picks every Saturday for some of the best racing across America with spot plays, price plays, ABC grids, and etc. We also have a great website, hhhracingpodcast.com. Now, we have so much to get to tonight. We got to start right away, but a little bit of a very happy surprise. Uh, if you have been following us on Twitter, of course, we're live here Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, myself, Kyle Roscoe, Pete Visco, and Paul Halloran, we all had a runner. Uh, we all co-ownership of a horse that ran today at Kentucky Downs. Before I tell you what happened, let's bring on the happy co-host first from the East Coast of Maryland, Pete Visco, from the Saratoga Special in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Paul Halloran, and the host of Benton Boozen and Crownsway Racing partner, Mr. Kyle Roscoe. Guys, anything happen interesting today? I don't know. Something in my uh, name tag might give it away, but, you know. <laughs> Kyle, why don't you take it away? Tell, tell the crowd what happened about, uh, what, a little, about an hour and a half ago. God, I mean, how do I even start? Kentucky Downs last race, race number 10. <coughs> um, we had the morning, uh, all of us on top, on the screen right now, we all had a pretty, we have a decent part of an ownership of a horse named Copper Missile. And I know Howard has the replay ready to go, but we ended up winning a $150,000 maiden special way to Kentucky Let's Downs. Let's go, baby. I mean, that's awesome. And Tony can correct me in the chat, but I, I'm pretty sure that's the biggest purse that Crownsway has taken home. I'm pretty sure. We got sure. Tony's in the, hold on. We got Tony in the chat. Where's Tony here? Yep. Is he in the chat? Yeah, he's in there. Yep. Where is Tony? Towards oh, the there top. we go. Tony. There you go. On the road. Take me home, boys. That's right. Tony, congratulations, man. This is unbelievable. Tony Rollo, explain to everyone who Tony is, Kyle, real quick. Tony is the um, the primary ownership of all of Crownsway Racing, so he's the one. But not to mention, um, I will point this out as well. I'll give him some kudos. He is not only the owner of Crownsway Racing uh, and the founder, he is the primary bloodstock agent as well. He does all his own <laughs> bloodstock work and picked this one out for 60000 at OBS 2023 this March. I mean... What an, I mean, what an unbelievable pickup the way the trajectory he's going on right now. Petey cost 60 and he just won a $90,000 purse. That is fantastic. That job is by everyone involved uh, because it is not easy to win these races at Kentucky Downs. He, what, we had to beat what a Chad, uh, Brian Lynch. Uh, I mean, it was unbelievable. Brad Cox. Yeah, there's a great field. Brad Cox. And it is, sorry, it is confirmed. It is the biggest purse ever in Crownsway history. Unbelievable. Uh, let's show the replay. 
real quick, we're just going to talk about it for a minute. We're very proud. Again, everyone on the uh, – let me, let me just bring this back again. Everyone on this screen you see right now has partial ownership. This is not like $50 micro share. This is a little, little chunk of money with Crownsway Racing. We're all very uh, proud of that. So let's go ahead. Um, Paul, why don't, you, why don't you take us through uh, – we're not going to show the whole replay, but he's the six horse here. Let me move this up a little bit here. He's the six horse in the green and black. He's a big horse, Paul. He breaks well. It took him a little bit of time to get in the stride. He's right here, Paul. Oh, he's muted. I'll unmute him. Oh, Paul's muted. Sorry. Okay. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say how it kind of worked out well. Uh, early on, he was kind of on his own. And then Adam Biskiza, the biscuit, does a good job here getting him back in touch with the field. And even though he's like seventh, He's only about four and a half lengths off the lead. And I'm watching it here. And, you know, the stretch run here is so long. And, um, you know, you, you see, it seems like there's always a scramble home. But, you know, you're saying if he has horse, uh, he's going to be uh, okay. And you see right there. He's a little he, weird uh, stuff on the hill and stuff. Paul. Yeah. You know, he's green. Yeah. It looked, well, either that or it looked like maybe he thought of staying inside and, and he yeah. couldn't. And, and now you'll see he's he's to the middle. But when just watch when he emerges from this uh, pack in the never-ending stretch run, and we're glad it was a never-ending stretch run today, uh, it was especially good because all the horses who were battling up front I used with them. The rare occasion I got to enjoy a scramble to the wire. But you can take a look at where he is here. He's about sixth, right? Now watch him come through. He's got the white blaze. Right here. Can't go through. Now he now he's gonna come between horses. And right, right, right there. there. Right there. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> right there. A huge yep. shot right here, Pete. Pretty athletic for a for a pretty yeah. big horse, too, which is impressive. Look at his stride. Look how he reaches out. He's just a he got a huge stride, Pete. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was it was pulling away. I think if I remember correctly, the announcer didn't even really talk. It was one of those where he didn't even talk about him until he kind of struck yeah. the lead. He he snuck through so quickly. And then I, I watched. They're going to show the gallop out. I mean, galloped out full of energy right here. Uh, Tony Rollo just texting me, guys, by the way, a little bit ago, said he's he looks great. He's like barely even tired. Look, guys, it's time to dream uh, bourbon at Keeneland. It looks like. In the win and you're in. Why not, guys? October 8th, Paul and Pete, get that flight <laughs> reservation ready, baby. We're going to the Breeders' Cup. Let's go. God. You know what? It, it, I know it seems it's a little silly because he just broke his maiden. But it's not that silly when you have two-year-olds on the turf when they break their maiden, especially the way that he did it. I mean, you don't have to be, you know, a 100 buyer. I mean, obviously, he's going to have to win the next race if that's what they choose to do we don't we we are literally putting the cart before the horse here but if that's what they choose to do guys and he runs well i mean who who, who really knows uh a distance is not an issue for this horse at all no i mean so, you also he had a seven what a 72 buyer in his debut uh, and a 60, nice closing 62 was 60, it 60 you sure 62. oh you know what i was looking at sorry i was looking at I was looking at the Brisnet PPs today. That's right. So he was a 72 on there. That was the PPs I was looking at. So I mean, you probably yeah, got a mid 70s. I don't, I'm not. You yeah, know, you got to get into the mid 70s. Yeah, you got to get into the 70s. The way he did it, though, Kyle. Something about the way he did it. I know we're all excited because it's you know we have partial ownership, but you know even if that was some horse I was just watching, I'm like, wow, that was pretty impressive, right? I mean, just the way he did it was I mean, was really good. 
I mean, we all talk about all the time how hard it is for these two-year-olds to be crowded and in between horses. And the fact that he legitimately pulled, you know, he almost had to bully that inside horse to get away through. Yeah. And, I mean, that's all credit to uh, Beshizzle that I that Howard likes to say. That my like nizzle, to right? Yeah, Beshizzle, my nizzle. <laughs> I love, he's such a good guy and he's a great rider. He's a perfect ride. And like you said, galloped out full of energy. Why not? We, you know, we have high hopes for him. And I know Tony does as well. And Kelsey Danner, guys. I mean, yeah. can we can we please, you know, she is one of the best trainers in the country. I'm just going to, I don't care what people say. I mean, her ROI is off the charts. I don't know what it is, but she just never really gets bet. I don't understand why. She's really good. Well, anyway, we're going to let you go, Kyle. We got, we got a little uh, Delmar show to you, but you wanted to uh, come on. Last thing before we uh, come on here. And look who's here, Pete and Paul. Another <laughs> shot off from Israel. He got it right. Israel, good job. You got it right. My seventh grade. Kyle hey, wait, wait, he's, he's really hey. shooting for that. He's really shooting for oh. that A now. I, I, I give done. the kid credit. I give the kid credit. Uh, Pete and Paul actually showed the clip from last week in class. They loved nice. it. They were nice. laughing. It was now all of them are going to be in the chat looking for those A's. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. We're going to let you go, Kyle. Thanks for coming on real quick. Congratulations man, Kyle. to all hey, the Kyle. partners of Crownsway Racing. Uh, Kelsey Danner, uh, Adam uh, Bishiza, Tony Rowell, everyone else. Kyle, take care. Have a great night. You too, guys. Have a good show. All See right, you, thanks. All right, we've got one more guest to bring on. Guy, not guest. Sorry, co-host. And the reason why I want to bring on this uh, co-host, guys, this young man has been absolutely destroying it um, at Del Mar, and I'll let him very quickly talk about his two big scores he's had. He is a part-time co-host of Benton and Boozen. Fantastic young man and an excellent handicapper. Lives in the L.A. area. He's very familiar with California racing. Grew up with it. Let's bring him on. He's going to help us tonight crush this late pick five at Del Mar. It is Noah Maher. Noah, what's going on? What's going on, Jens? What's up, man? We're doing hey, Noah. good. Noah, thanks for coming on. Noah, real quick, before we talk about your two scores, just for those people that are not familiar, if you want to lower your camera just a little bit, Noah, maybe so we can – you know, so you're more on the top. There we go. If you want to sell one real quick, uh, where you're, well, I just mentioned where you're from, where you are right now and why, and very quickly when you started getting into horse racing. Okay. Uh, so I'm originally from Orange County, California. Um, I'm currently a sophomore here at the University of Kentucky in Lexington, uh, about 10, 15 minutes from Keeneland. So it's, uh, it's, I take uh, various trips while they're, while they're running in their uh, spring and fall meets. Um, but I'm in the equine program here. Um, and how I got into horse racing was um, my grandpa and my dad introduced to it, uh, introduced me to it. Um, when I was really little, we would go out to uh, Los Alamitos and kind of do, uh, we would go to the, the uh, Vessels Club, uh, which is kind of like off track betting. And yeah. I was probably telling my dad to make $2 win bets at the age of 10 uh, and then started reading a form probably about about uh, 13 or 14. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of led me here. Yeah, so, I mean, you've been at it for quite a while. It's a, it's a great story. You, uh, you, again, just another person, guys, that just started joining the live chat one day. Long story short, we met Noah. He has a few uh, – did, did some interning um, also with TVG and with Caleb uh, Keller as well. So, no, we might – I'll tell you what. I just told you a few nights ago that I wasn't going to Keeneland most likely this fall. If a horse called if a horse called Copper Missile is in the Bourbon on Sunday, October eighth, 
Uh, I will be there, sir, for the win and you're in. So maybe I will see you sooner than the Breeders' Cup. Uh, real quick, no, you've had two unbelievable scores this summer. Tell everyone, just real quick, you don't have to give the dollar amounts unless you'd like to, but just the type of bets they were, real quick. So at the beginning of August, uh, my dad and I split an early pick five. Uh, I think it was a $216 ticket. Um, we hit the first two legs and the third leg, uh, one of our horses was declared a non-starter and it scratched us into the favorite that ended up winning. So during the race, we were like, oh shit, like we got no chance. And, and <laughs> the favorite ends up winning. And we just thought the horse kind of, you know, tossed the jockey or whatever, but sure enough, they declared him a, a non-starter and, and, uh, yeah, we hit the next two legs and, uh, that paid a little over 18,000. So we, we split that. That was uh, that's pretty good for my uh, college budget right now. <laughs> and then um, last, I want to say either Saturday or Sunday, um, I played another early pick five on my own. I was actually moving into my apartment, which is kind of funny. So as my mom and I were kind of setting stuff up, I was I was watching races on my phone on the side. Um, and that one, I think that one ended up paying uh, north of twenty five hundred, if I'm correct. So that was just the cherry on top. Beautiful. That's, uh, that's beautiful. great. And, and, and Noah and I have partnered up on, on some pick fives lately, and, and I didn't need our partnership to know what kind of handicap you're So, no, we're happy to have you on your maiden voyage here. Hopefully you're breaking your maiden here on the flagship show. But you can check out Noah once in a while also on Betting and Booze on Wednesday nights. All right, guys, let's get into the late pick five. This is one of the most challenging sequence I think we've had on this show in over two and a half years. And I'm not just blowing smoke up your butt, everyone. I mean, this is a very, very difficult and fun sequence. I found it hard to find anyone you could really lean on. This pick five is going to pay on, on Saturday. There's winning your ends. Of course, we got the Pacific classic, no flight lines this year. Uh, Cause flight line would win this year's race by, by 40 lengths, not even 20 lengths, but it's a very good race. Anyway, it was some three-year-olds, but guys, let's go ahead and start with race seven everyone at home be ready to write some stuff down be very active in the chat we also have jim miller by the way coming on um in about 45 minutes to talk about closing weekend at hawthorne Racecourse. there's our picks for race seven and you're going to see picks all over the map because uh this is a very difficult sequence so if you see anything familiar i'd be you know similarities with our picks i'd actually be uh quite impressed and surprised let me go ahead and bring up the first race race seven this is the opening leg of the pick five saturday at del mar i would say saturday night it will be night depending on where you are it's the del mar mile it's a grade two of three hundred thousand dollars for the older males the big field of 10 the morning favorite is the number four exalted for peter Erden and juan hernandez and exalted is on an absolute roll pete and paul you both have the four Pete, we'll go to you first. What do you like about Exalted in the Del Mar Mile? I mean, it's it's always I I always a sucker for when a when a horse makes a change, and, and in this case, it was the surface move, and they made the change to the turf back in January, and since then, this horse has done absolutely nothing wrong. Four straight wins, nice buyer buyer time form is sort of complemented the buyers is very tactical so is always always in position to run the race has hernandez up which is fantastic there is um you know i think 
I don't think I think there's enough pace in here. There's actually plenty of pace. I feel like it never it never seems to materialize. But there's enough pace where I think this horse could sit right off. And should be able to get first run on any of the closers, which there's a bunch of. And then I had a Peter Erton, 8 for 17 wins, 14 for 17 in the money on the turf at Del Mar in the past month. So he wow. is just lighting it up right now. So all that all that combined makes this horse at least, at least a must-use, I assume, on any of your tickets. Paul, anything – obviously, guys, we're not going to be able to talk about every single horse on our screen due to time constraints. But, Paul, anything you want to add to Exalted? Uh, only that, in my mind, it was strictly a – in addition to his form, it's a pace play. Uh, I, I'm interested that Noah has 5-1 because I think both of those horses are formidable. I'm just not sure they're going to get enough pace to run at. At least on paper, it doesn't look to me like the race is that fast. Uh, as Pete said, I, I think the four in that case sits a perfect trip. And unless he has gets caught up in a duel, uh, I think he gets first run and easily holds off the closes. But the one and five will both be coming. No, I know you feel very strongly about Balnikoff, which you don't have to tout your, your late pick five ticket. But um, I know you're very high in the swords. Little Red Feather always seems to show up in the big days. Hector Barrios having a really – uh, good meets ran a big race last time. The Eddie Reed cutting back. So, uh, I was actually surprised they ran that well going a mile and eighth. He seems more like a miler to me, but he ran huge anyway last time. Yeah, he did run huge. I, I still think he needed the race. Uh, the mile and eighth is definitely too far. I mean, you look at you look at his uh stats at a mile, he's four for eight on the win end and six for eight in the money. And the horses obviously run well at Del Mar. Um, but I, I was watching that race and I, I think his trip was a little bit uh, sneaky. Uh, he kind of had a little bit of trouble. Um, but during that race, he was kind of sitting right behind Gold Phoenix, who ended up being the winner and got a pretty good trip that day too. Um, but as I hit the top of the stretch, um, uh, Hector Barrios. right here on the inside, everyone. He's the yeah, I think, I think on, the, on the turn as well, he, he does kind of shuffle a little bit or checks. Uh, right about there. He, he, yeah, he did take a little bit of there. Yeah. Anyway, he's he's kind of following Gold Phoenix there, um, just kind of waiting for run. And uh, they hit the top of the stretch, and uh, there's a hole for Gold Phoenix. Uh, but Hector's kind of waiting right behind Gold Phoenix, and the horse kind of wants to go in, and he's got to try to get the horse out. Yeah. And once he finally gets into the clear, it, it seems like he kind of starts to lengthen his stride. I know Gold Phoenix was kind of on the wrong lead, but you know he kind of he starts to gain on him, and I think he gallops out past him. Uh, at the wire. So I feel like at the mile, we'll have a little bit more of a turn of foot. And with that hot pace, maybe he can just sit the right trip. Yeah, there he is right there. Actually, Gold Phoenix slightly better on the gallop out, but your point is well taken. That was a little bit of sneaky trouble there. Balnikoff, definitely a player in this race. I just think the question is what Pete mentioned, will he get enough pace to set it up? Uh, Pete, you and I are sort of thinking alike here. And I got to tell you guys, I, I took a long time with this pick five. I looked at all these races for quite a while. I am absolutely fascinated with Ward C, guys. And it, it just seems to me like horse like Balnikoff and DuJour, like they can win, but it, it felt to me, guys, like a lot of horses sort of need their own way. Like they need things to go real well. And I've always had a lot of respect for Ron Ellis. I know, you know, Ron Ellis uh, does not have a big stable anymore. I mean, he's only run 
seven times at this meet, run twice, only 17 times the entire year. But, guys, he is at 30%, and I love the last replay. Um, he's an improving four-year-old. I think he's got some more tactical speed. And last time, and Pete, I'm going to let you talk about it too because I'm sure you saw the same thing I did. He's the seven. This is five furlongs. I mean, you want definition of a prep. This is absolutely the definition of a prep. He's way back here. I mean, he's not even really – I won't say he's not trying, but he's way back here, and he makes this long, sustained run that will set him up for a mile. I think he would win this race normally, but you guys see how far the rails are out, and these horses keep, like, pushing him further out. He's, like, in the forepath right now, and you can see how just the whole flow, he's got to, like, come to the outside. He's, like, look, he's almost at the outer rail, and he finishes really well. And he gallops out past everyone. He's a big horse. I can tell that he's got a lot of upside, guys. He's, I mean, just absolutely blew by this field. And by the way, this is Beer Can Man, and there's uh, Turn on the Jets. There's horses that are also racing Saturday. Pete, I don't know if he's going to get the trip. I don't know if he's good enough. That a double-digit odds, this horse to me is absolutely fascinating. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. And, and the thing that I do like is – he, you know, you can get, there's a lot of progression that can happen from three to four. And this horse came back off a, you know, off a pretty lengthy layoff, whatever that yeah. was, 11, you know, whatever that is, 11 months or so yeah. and came back. And again, if you look at some of a buyer standpoint or, or a time form standpoint, it was just a big improvement and it was doing something that it's, you don't think that's what he wants to do is turf sprinting. So stretching him out, him being able to run like that. I'm not a huge fan of Victor Espinoza, so I'm hoping he can work out a trip if he needs to. But I, I just feel like, again, I, I, I handicapped this with no morning lines and was pretty happy when I saw the, the 10 to 1 pop on this and figure I'd rather have a horse that's sort of on the come up potentially as opposed to some of the other ones that we know what they are at this point. So yep. he might crap the bed. He might not be good enough, but he did run in, he, he did run in the race last year and, you know, ran a nice quality third again, off of a little bit of a layoff this time. He actually has a prep coming in. So I think he might even be a little sharper than he was last year off that nice third in, in his first greatest stakes yeah. try. So well, last year was actually the Delmar Derby. Well, no, I just meant more in the greatest stakes yeah, yeah, yeah. on sort of this weekend. So he was running well, in, that was his big step up and it wasn't even off. Like a, it was off a layoff and everything. And it was his first time. So he beat Cabo spirit. He's face slowed on Andy. It's not like he doesn't have class. He costs five twenty five. No, yeah. I don't know how familiar you are with Ron Ellis. Cause he's a little more earlier back and old school, but he's sort of like Mandela. He's very patient. Um, I find this horse really interesting, Noah. I don't know if you have him at all anywhere. You gave him any thought. Uh, I do not. I was I was kind of okay. all over Boundikoff, to be honest. <laughs> okay, I hear you. Um, I got the nine second. We're going to move on. Uh, I did a lot of research for the show, guys. Twist has been working with um, Miss the Cut, who's in the last race of the day in that mile and three-eighths race. And Twist completely was outworking Miss the Cut. They're both for Salad, just to let you guys know. I'm not going to show the replay. He got through on the inside last time and got a dream trip. And he was, like, all over the track. No, I think you and I were invested in that pick five, and we both liked this horse a lot. I think we actually had this horse singled, like, on the end, or I can't recall. Mm -hmm. But this horse is getting better and better, even though he's six. I, I'm just going price shopping, guys. Balnikov can win. Nijur can win. The Exalted obviously can win. I, I just don't want to take a small price, guys, in this race. And so – I'm going price shopping. This is a very, very difficult race. Uh, you're going to hear that repeated a bunch of times. Let's go to race eight. 
And we got a lot of people commenting. We'll get to some of your comments, guys. Race eight is the Tory Pines. This is where the restricted uh, three-year-old girls, they are going a flat mile, which, of course, is two turns at Del Mar. It's a nice purse. Of, what's the purse? 150000 Grade. It's a grade three, right? Yeah, grade three. You see the fielder. The biggest morning line favorite, and I guess, I guess the most likely winner of the pick five, although only two of us have this horse on top, would be number nine, Faza, for Baffert and Pratt. And I remember very well, Pete, you and I, I think we're fading this horse last time at Pimlico and having to be right. We were a little bit cautious. This time, uh, you are going with her. But I'll, Paul, I'll let you go first. Faza, if she's right, might be very tough here for Baffert and Pratt. Yeah, I think she has a lot going for her here. Uh, I, I think the post is okay. I, I think she has tactical speed. And most, I don't, you know, I think the field's okay. But, I, you know, it, 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 it's, it's a great three. You know, certainly no more than that. Uh, I, I think most of the others you could have a knock on. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, running in line to to have a Bob Baffert odds on favorite on my team. But, you know, I, I just think this, this horse can improve that. I think a mile and an eighth is ultimately too far for this horse. I think the mile is going to hit her uh, right between the eyes. Are you, uh, do you think it was the ship in the last race, the distance, what happened, Paul? And are you all concerned about a fairly long layoff? I mean, she's missed some pretty important uh, races for the girls. Uh, or you could just say Bob's pointing to the spot. I don't know. I mean, if she was really that good, would Bob put her in a $150,000 grade three? I thought, I don't know how you guys felt. I thought it was a little bit weird that she's in this spot, Paul. I well, I, I think last time, you, you know, uh, who's your Philly on a good day is pretty good. Tax has run well. You know, I, I, I just don't think, uh, I think a mile and an eighth. And I know you say, well, she dominated a mile and a 16th twice. Those are not tremendous fields. She yeah. was odds on in both of them. Um, yeah, could it have been the ship? Uh, first time shipping across the country? Sure. And, and I think that's maybe why she lands in a spot like this, Howard, because of the layoff, because of kind of easing her back in. But, uh, you know, if we'll see what happens in this field. But I, I would suspect that if she blitzes this field – uh, he'll have some plans for her down the line. I, I don't, like I said, I, I'm not in a hurry to better at odds on. I, I just, uh, I, I just don't, didn't love the field. And I, and I thought she kind of stood, stood over the field. Yeah. She, she's the horse to beat. Trish Smith, by the way, Noah, Trish Smith. Sorry, you're covered on the screen. there, know Trish Smith lives in Lexington. She's been a fan a long time. I've met her. Trish Smith is awesome. Uh, Trish, maybe we'll see you uh, at, the, at the bourbon October 8th. If copper missiles running. Pete, I think Faze would be best taking off the pace here. I think that would give her the best chance. There's a lot of speed. I won't say cheap speed, but there's a lot of early speed, Pete, on paper. There is, and she's shown that she can do that, which is – so she wouldn't be doing something out of her comfort zone if she does take back and sit off. So uh, I, I'm not too concerned about that. And and Bafford, for all you – you know, whether you like him or not, I, I don't worry as much about a layoff with him because he works his horses. So he knows – you know they're going to come in fit. If the horse is ready, she's yeah. going to be fit coming in regardless of the layoff. So I'm not too concerned. I'm with Paul. I just don't think – I don't love the field – so I feel like, if nothing else, I think she just has a class edge over everybody yeah. else. 
the old default to the favorite, which listen might be the exactly the right call to make, probably around six to five ish. Noah, sir, you and I, of course, did not talk before the show. This is why I've got this guy in the show. Listen, we both would agree that Faze is the horse to beat. I was trying to beat her, though. I don't know. I, I just have a weird feeling uh, about Faze that she might just run off the screen. And we are both going with anywho and anywho for Hector Barros and Sadler. We already mentioned them. I think this horse is interesting. You've got her on top as well as I, 5 1 morning line. What do you like about anywho in this race? Yeah, one of my favorite angles this summer has been horses that get the rail when they're sprinting on the dirt. And granted, that was a five-horse field. Uh, she, def- she definitely got the brunt of that. I mean, she she broke slow, and she was down on the inside and then kind of tipped out, but she had just exerted so much energy at that point. Um, and then you look two back going a mile and the 16th in the Summer Oaks, which is actually a prep for the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, she was favored against some pretty decent horses. I mean, window shopping's a nice horse for Mandela. Um, and Lily Poo, uh, I think she shipped to Indiana when uh, the B&B boys actually covered that card. Uh, so I saw her there. Um, but I just think with the hot pace, uh, she sat before um, and she's got blinkers on. I feel like it's one of those situations kind of with uh, Pretty Mischievous where you kind of just use those blinkers um, just to kind of stay focused in the stretch when she's getting tired. Um, so that's what I had on Anywho. My only concern with this horse is the distance. Um, a little bit uh, sprinty on the dam side. Uh, and there's other speed in the race, so I'm not sure what kind of trip she's going to get, Noah. But that Summertime Oaks, by the way, guys, she was four or five wide the whole way. She had no chance. Uh, no chance in that race. Just wide as wide can be. It was also a first run around two turns. If she can find a way to like save ground, Noah, and get a good trip, I think she's got as good a shot as any in here. I wouldn't take too low a price. I'm just trying to beat Faza. Um, any other thoughts, guys? A few of you. Um, real quick, Paul, Howard. On the, the one. Real, I've got re- the one. Just Howard, the, real quick on the six yeah. before oh, you yeah. scroll. You don't have to go back. The only thing I wanted to mention is she's had two sort of subpar buyers, the 54 and the 77, and the, the two back. Could have been the distance, but it was also her only two races without Lasix, her two races with Lasix. She ran much better, at least from a figure standpoint. And there's no Lasix in this race. So I just wanted to point that out for the viewers. No, I mean, you, you do it. I, I, it's something that I, it's a fault of mine or whatever. I don't even look at it. It's a fair point. Um, I mean, it may mean nothing because it's, it's not that many races. Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. Know. I agree. So, but it's, it's, a, it's a fair point to make. Paul, 10 seconds on Justique, who actually I thought was interesting if the pace collapses. I've got her third. She's training really well, Paul. Yeah, agreed. Uh, looking, if if someone's going to make a move from behind, uh, you know, we know the justifies run better, longer. Uh, yeah, I, I think has a chance to close into a hot pace if one develops uh, for Smith. Yeah, boy, she working well, guys. Just clocking, just fifty nines. I mean, I'll have to see the clocking report, but I think anyway. she's a one turn. I think she's a one turn horse. I really like that uh, horse, but I think she's a one turn, and I think that's when, if they ever get that, get her back to that, I think that's where she'll be at her best. Okay, we got Jeff Wilson here. Fine, we're capping at Del Mar. Carla, we love Del Mar, but you know we've been a little bit centric from the East Coast just because Del Mar hasn't had a lot of big time stake races, but definitely this is the weekend to cover. Delmar for sure. Let's move on to race nine, guys. I go ahead and do a bunch of switching of the screens here. Let's go to the banner for race nine. 
race nine is the green flash and wow i mean just throw a bunch of numbers in the air guys and see what comes up because i thought this race was absolutely impossible it's five furlongs let me go ahead and bring it on the screen here it's five furlongs it's a grade three hundred fifty thousand older boys it's a field of 12 with three also eligibles and in the main look at look at the morning lines here guys the main body field you got four to one five to one five to one six to one six to one six to one my goodness the morning line favorite and very soft one is the number eight motorious for damato and Raspoli. two of us are going in that direction uh noah's going with the five paul's going with the three actually noah and paul are both going three five five three now let's go with you first you're going with beer can man for D'Amato, who's got, what, three in here? One, two, he's got three in here. You're going with one of them, Beer Cam Man, for Vasquez. Yeah, it's kind of a coincidence that my top three are all the three D'Amato. Uh, but uh, with Beer Can Man, um, I know Beer Can Man just lost a turn on the Jets. Um, they're, I feel like they're kind of inseparable in this race, um, but I think he will uh, – kind of turn the tides in this race. Uh, he definitely needed the last one. And I feel like Beer Can Man's a weird horse. He kind of prefers to be on the outside in the clear. You see he was uh, – he got the outside post at Keeneland. Uh, I think he was the 13, but there were so many scratches in that race. But I just think he prefers to be on the outside. Um, I think he needed that race. Um, and if you uh, go back to that race, you already you already showed that uh, that replay. But it was weird. He was, he was kind of down on the inside, and he had a – had a gap but yeah. for some reason he he was a little bit timid to go through it until uh the horse in front of him kind of lugged out and then he kind of decided to accelerate so i feel like him being a little bit outside maybe he can kind of get that trip and you know if he swings out he, he'll he'll have that run yeah that was weird no i was thinking the same thing when i watched it it was almost like he saw the hole was like ah eh, i'm not gonna go and then all of a sudden yeah kicked in late it was it was a weird ride it was not a weird ride it was just a weird weirdly run trip for him so it was it was hard to make make out but i agree with you i think the inside is a good call that he may not like that being in between like that yeah he's showing shot the two well so it's, let me freeze it sorry here's beer can man is right here right behind the jocks about to go to the whip and the winner turn on the jets who's in this race guys is right here no gun you can explain what you're talking about again beer yeah, can so man he, in behind here trying to split and he's got that gap between the gray horse and the five um but i don't know if it was the blinkers or what but the five kind of drifts out there and then for some reason he, he i guess he sees the the truck hole and he decides to explode and and him and him and turn on the jets are running at this same spot but turn on the jets was already past him so um well, I'll give my opinion at the end. Uh, let's see. The three. Well, we talked about turn on the Jets right there that you guys have. Paul, you've got this one on top. Uh, an improving four-year-old with who should set a great trip, you would think, with all the speed in here. Yeah, and I agree with you about the race, Howard, but I think it, because of that, it's one of those races where you're either going to go very, very deep or, you know, take a stand, and I'm going to play only the three or five. I think it's very likely one of those two wins this race. No wow. disrespect to your selections, of course, but of course. I'm glad to have Noah on my side. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want Noah on your side? They were good. Uh, they, either one of them can absolutely win. I just don't – there don't seem to be any standouts to me here at all. Pete, 
my friend Pete Visco. Yes, eight sir. six for this. both of us. I mean, of all the races that you thought Pete, eight, Pete six, you three. And I, we got the top three, don't we? Yeah, of all yeah. of all the races you thought we'd be one, two, three. I didn't think this would be the one because no. this is impossible. But somehow we're thinking alike here. I'll let you talk about Matorius, um, who is four to one morning line, the favorite for Zamad and Raspoli. Before you talk about the source, I will say one thing. Don't you think these connections won the Breeders' Cup turf sprint down the hill for Motorious, though? You you would think so. Look at that running. Look at those running lines. I mean, oh, they, they're probably dreaming the of that. Yeah, that would be fantastic. But I mean, you, you like him anyway, Saturday. I do, because I mean, well, I like the so that last race, if nothing else. So so just to start, I mean, he's just been sort of lights out this whole year. I mean, he's hasn't done much wrong. He lost three back to Lane's way. He was the favorite. But he also he was a little tight. He, he didn't have the he didn't have, I think, his normal trip. I think he'd rather be just a touch closer. But it was still a good enough run into a relatively moderate pace coming from the back. Then he just steps up. And then from a buyer time form standpoint, you could see the improvement. And he gets a little bit of a layoff, comes back at five and a half and runs a great race. Second to Nobles. That was the, you, you know, there was that was a good field. Bad beat Brian, a recipe red. Very I'm looking good. at the field now. Big invasion was in it, who sort yes. of was the one who was disappointing. Yeah. Three next out winners came out of that race. So it was a really good race. He ran great. Again, was a little bit too far back, maybe, but still ran fantastic. So I just think just based on form and and class, and he has a win at, at Del Mar, so he's familiar with the surface. We get Rispoli, more than happy to have Rispoli up. So I feel like all systems are go. And I mean, he is the favorite, so I'm not breaking any ground, but at four to one in a race like this, I think they're all going to play in the pick five. I, I don't want this horse too far back. I, my only concern is the five for lungs, but he has won at five before. I'd prefer it longer. I don't really trust this horse that much, but I do like him. I found it weird guys that Flavian is not on the eight or the five. And I'm going to talk about the jockey uh, uh, musical chairs there, but I just, you know, look, it's been Pratt, Pratt, Pratt. And he's in town, and now he's not running Notorious. I just found that a little bit weird. I just want to point it out. Uh, Lane Way, I feel the same way. I think the source actually, you know, might want six and a half even more. But he's really good, too. He's off a layoff. Guys, I'm going with closers, and it might be a major mistake going five for lungs on the turf. It just feels like there's a lot of speed. And it feels like to me, Pete, and you agree, obviously, they, this six are both like the class of the field. Whether they get up or not at five, I have absolutely no freaking clue, though. No, and I think if you're and, – and I know I think the way I played mine, I'd have to look at who I went with. I, I tried to get horses at all the levels just in case because, again, right. if you have the closers, it's tough. If you have a couple of closers on top, to go with just two closers in a race like this is tough. So I think you have to have horses on all levels. Um, Noah, last thing before we move on. I don't know if you have any insight in this, Noah, just based on playing California a lot. But like I said um, – Flavian Pratt in this race could choose Motorious, Beer Can Man. He's on Paxa Wallop. Now, Paxa Wallop's a nice horse. In fact, guys, Paxa Wallop, two starts back, if you recall this horse, had a big fall campaign in California. He was five and a half to one in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. I mean, this horse is a very nice horse and well meant. And also, Noah has turf breeding and sprint turf breeding. On the dam side, I just find it extremely bizarre that Pratt lands here. Noah, just I know you don't have any insight intel, but what's your general thought? I just found that to be very weird. Yeah, that is definitely very weird. I originally had this horse on my ticket, but 
uh, due to budget constraints, I couldn't play a ginormous ticket. So I, I had to I mean, take Paul used to that from uncle Howard. So yeah, yeah they, they know all about budget constraints. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, this is, this is a nice horse and he's one yeah. of the five furlongs. Um, it's just, it's just weird. That was kind of why I didn't have Motorious a little bit higher Yeah. on um, that. And the fact that I think, uh, D'Amato is kind of getting this horse ready for something else. Uh, but yeah, definitely strange. That was my thought, Pete. I mean, okay, he probably is getting him ready for something, but he could have had anyone ride this horse if he just wants to get a prep into him, right? Like, I mean, he didn't have to have Pratt on him if he just wants to get him a little run around, spin around the track. I just, I, I'm curious to hear the story behind it. I'm probably overthinking it, but it's just. Well, I, I like Nick's I think he comment. Could run huge. I wouldn't be shocked if he, uh, he uh, like 20 to one, he runs like second or third. Wouldn't surprise me at all. I like Nick's comment because he said at the bottom there, his thought was that maybe Pratt just picked up the ride late. And, and, and it could have been yeah. that other horses were sort of, you know, you don't know who's coming. You don't know who's going to be in. You don't know who you're going to be riding. It's not like D'Amato doesn't have a relationship with Raspoli and, and the other jockeys he has right. on on his three. So I try not to get too much into that just because then you could you could sort of psych yourself out because you don't really know. And it could be something completely benign that has nothing to do with anything and you're in your throwing a horse off your ticket for no reason. I, yeah, did I not, did see I, that though. Yeah. I, did I've, see I was that. not where this Richard Avalar said Raspoli got injured today. And it's most likely off all his mounts Saturday. That would be really unfortunate for Raspoli. I did not hear anything about that. I've been uh, busy with work and getting ready for the pod and watching uh, copper missiles. So we'll, we'll have to get back to that uh, guys. Here we go. Pacific classic last year. Well, we know what happened. We don't even show the replay. Flightline, unbelievable. Paul, didn't you try to beat Flightline, I believe, in last year's Pacific Classic? I definitely tried to beat him in the Met Mile. So there's a good chance I, yeah, I, I was, I went down in flames with that ship. Yeah, well, yeah. listen. Uh, but you know what the good news is, Howard? I didn't lose that many times betting against him. <laughs> no, you did not. That's for sure. Uh, Flightline was absolutely unbelievable. This race is fascinating. You got three three-year-olds, and let's see who we're going to go with in this year's Pacific Classic. Before we put that on the screen, it is $1 million. They're going a mile and a quarter, of course. It's it's for three-year-olds and up, and there's three three-year-olds in here. You see the field there of 11. And the morning line favorite is the rail horse go rocket ride, Mandela Smith. They won the Haskell last time. Second choice is another three-year-old Arabian Knight for Baffert and Pratt who flopped in said Haskell. And then you've got the other three-year-old who some people think is interesting, Skinner on the outside for Sheriffs and Berrios, 10 to 1. And then you have some hard-knocking older horses like Defunded, Stiletto Boy, etc. Let's see who we've got here on the bottom of the screen as our picks in this years pacific classic and here they come right now boom uh we are quite different in fact two of us have uh let's see noah and paul are going with defunded pete is going the arabian night and howard 20 to 1 what katona baby that's right i'm going with a bomb in katona the two pete let's start with you arabian night was the bee's knees supposedly and the Haskell absolutely flopped will be better this time in the Pacific classic Baffert, interestingly enough, goes against elders here instead of other places. Yeah. It's, it's sort of, I, I don't even, it, this is a weird pick because I don't even have a ton of confidence in it because I feel like Arabian night is going to be better ultimately going a little shorter, but I'm going to take a shot with the talent. 
the, yeah, you, you mentioned it in the Haskell where it was off the long layoff. He was, I, I'd like to see, you know, I don't, I don't know what, if he was sharp enough to sort of wire that field going a mile and an eighth. So I think this field is, it, it actually came up relatively. I don't think it's the, the most high quality field in the world. Go yeah. rocket ride looks like could be a top three-year-old, but again, you just want to see it again. I just don't love the field. And as I was sort of ticking off horses, I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll give Arabian night one more shot, I, but it's not with a, it's not with a ton of confidence and there isn't a ton of, logic behind it really which is, is is abnormal you know you'd rather be you'd rather be grounded in something that you're confident in but i just think it's a really talented horse and i'm hoping that maybe he'll just be sharper this time out well i do appreciate your honesty about that pete he is taking the lead here um and then you see go rocket ride in the uh sort of purple and white really just go past him uh, relative ease might be a little too strong a statement, but I mean, he did go past him relatively easily here. Do you see Arabian Knight on the lead? I mean, there's no way that Defunded is going to battle with Arabian Knight because they're both Baffert. So you just hoping he wires the field, Pete? Is that your thought here? I mean, I think because I think Defunded, because I think Defunded is, a, is sort of a horse who can get on the top. And I think going a little bit longer where it doesn't have to be like a super hot pace. But I think Defunded can sit off and he's proven that he can come from a little bit off if he has to. So, yeah, I expect Arabian Knight, especially from that outside post, to try and maybe just gun it and then see what happens from there. And if he gets run over, I'm, I'm, it's not like I'm single in the horse, so I'm going to have others in the race, but I, I feel like at least you, you give him the shot, you run him and get him to the front, get him, you try and set a hot pace, try and kick away and see if you could just get away from the field. And if you can't, then uh, there's some good horses that are going to try and run him down. Yeah. I don't know how much pace pressure he's going to take. He could get loose. I do see that scenario. That's, my, I that's, just, that's the only hope really. I mile think. and a quarter though. is just, oof. I, I don't know. I've got, I've got my, I agree. I, I have the I have the note that says I think it's a touch too far, but you know yeah. he's done that. Baffert's done that before, unfortunately. He so. has. Um, Paul, we we talked about the San Diego on this show last time, and I was completely against the funded. And we can go back and look at. We're not going to watch our show again, but I just didn't have a good vibe with him. It felt like a prep. He didn't run that well. It was definitely a prep. I think the funded is going to run much better. On Saturday, you and Noah have him on top. I've got him second. Pete's got him third. Paul? Yeah, I just think he's much more dangerous at a longer distance where he can uh, use his speed. I, I didn't, I was not particularly, didn't particularly like him last time either. Uh, he's one of those horses who's a speed horse that I want going further. And, yes. uh, you know, the Arabian Night thing is, but you never know. I mean, Baffert rated they rated National Treasure last Saturday at Saratoga, riding riding him in a manner in which it was physically impossible to win the race. So impossible. you never know what's what's going to happen. Impossible for National Treasure to win that race off the pace. But I digress. Um, yeah, I like the funded uh, for, as far as the field. Uh, I think it's a competitive race. I think it's a very good betting race. I think it's a very weak grade one race there are with all the horses in the race they've combined for 30 stats at in grade ones only five wins to fund it as two of them uh i i think this is a this is a uh, a grade two wearing grade one clothing this particular year which is unusual it's usually a very good race but 
it's still a very good competitive betting race. Noah, real quick on Defunded, and then I'll let you talk about Go Rocket Ride, who Tom Espinoza from San Francisco says made playing an egg last week makes me wonder about the Haskell. It's a very fair point. Quickly about Defunded, Noah, and then talk about Go Rocket Ride. Yeah, I agree with everything that Paul said about Defunded. I mean, that that San Diego was 100% the time to beat him. He was going too short. He was 4-5. to five. Um, But did you guys look at this work tab? This work tab is absolutely <laughs> insane. Um, and you've got Hernandez and Baffert on a $1.6 million earner. If I get anywhere close to four to one, I'm going to hammer that. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't, I can't blame you. I've got this for a second. I think he's going to lay off the speed of the nine and maybe someone else and get a really good trip. And he's like a big time galloper. No, like he doesn't have a quick acceleration. He's just one of those really long winded, just, he can run, you know, click off those like 12 second, you know, furlongs. And he's just, I think he's tailor made for this kind of race. Um, if he's not tailing off, he should run big and doesn't look like by his works. He is. I'm personally against go rocket ride. He just got a great trip last time. I think he went by Arabian Knight, who was short. I, he's going to be a short price again. If, if go rocket ride wins this race, I won't be shocked, but I'll be pretty damn surprised. No, that's just my opinion. Yeah, you're definitely right about that trip last time, but I think this time he, I could see him sitting that same trip. Yeah. Um, he just ran so big last time, and I feel like Mandela always thought really high of him. Um, but the rail is definitely not ideal. Um, I used him in my pick five, but uh, with with a couple others, so he he's he's got a shot, but definitely not not super confident in. Pete and Paul, you guys want to comment real quick on Go Rocket Ride, and then I'll talk about my bomb in this race. Good, Pete. Oh, okay. Right. I was going to say, I, I sort right. of agree. I, I, I basically agree with what Noah said. So I, I'm not, I'm not too far off. I think though, you, you almost have to include him because he's still an unknown a bit. And if he takes another step forward, he could just be really good and, and yep. good horses find a way to make their own trip. Candy ride. I won actually the Pacific classic, right, Paul? Or no, I'm, I'm what's that? Sure he did. I think candy ride won the Pacific classic at one point. I, I look back believe on. candy. I ride think so. did. Why are we, why are we guessing? Well, I can just click and yes, look. he did. <laughs> Written by Julie Crone. Julie Crone in two thousand three. Love Julie Crone. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, I, I liked I, I liked go rocket ride a little bit last time in the Haskell at twelve to one. You did. I, I think that this is you know if if he's the favorite in here, uh, this is a horse you're supposed to try to beat as the favorite in a race like this. Uh, I agree with Noah that he could sit a, a good trip, but you know, this big of a field uh, with all, obviously, everyone's outside of him, which means all the speed's outside of him. Uh, it, it, it could get crowded. Again, I, I like the horse in general. Uh, I wish they would have shipped him across the country to run in the premier summer three-year-old race. Uh, they didn't, uh, which pisses me off, which is going to be inclined to bet against him. Not that he was going to win, but uh, it would have been nice to see. Uh, anyway, I just think value-wise, twelve to one last time. I like a lot. He's two to one, five to two this time. I think he's supposed to try to beat him. By the way, Mandela's zero for sixteen in Grade One races at Del Mar. But if you listen to Paul, and this is basically a Grade Two, then maybe that doesn't matter. So it doesn't, you know, you can <laughs> well, throw that out. Somehow, I don't think the stats would, uh, you know, would know that. Yeah, I don't know if they agree Guys, with that. But I, you never here's know. my deal, okay? And maybe I'm just completely off the rails here. But let me yeah, just- you are. You are. Oh, I am. That's okay. Um, I don't like Arabian Night. I could be wrong. I'm not in love with Go Rocket Ride in this situation. I could be wrong. 
Skinner is interesting, but I think he's still a little bit goofy. And I, I don't lo- I look, I took a look at him. I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't love, love the three-year-olds in this race, in this spot. Okay. So then I went to the older horses. Defunded is, I, I think is very logical here. And I probably should have gone five too. But you know what, guys? This horse is getting better. And he's only four years old. And I'm not going to show replays, but I love the way he won two back. I think, Pete, you and I both like have this horse two back. Or I remember yeah. talking about this horse two back because he was like in a weird spot and he had to wait, wait. And then he blew by Flying Drummer, who's actually a decent Baffert. And yep. then last time he won that race very easily, up closer to the pace than he usually is. I know it was a mile and 70. I know it was Pleasanton. Like, I get it, guys. I mean, how much worse really is this horse than the rest of the field? If he gets a good trip, he's been working very well. His last work, by the way, guys, I'll say this. I'll bring us all on screen. His last work, as I watched on XBTV, they actually worked him, guys, out of the shoot that they run the Pacific Classic starting at. So basically, they have the gate at the same position where they're going to have the gate for the Pacific Classic. And he broke from there ran through that very long, you know, stretch in the first turn. He looked fantastic. I, so, so what, maybe he's like a few points lower? Guys, I, I don't see why he can't run big here if he gets the right trip. The mile and a quarter is my only concern, and it's a valid concern, and maybe this is too much, but no one really blows me away. He's getting better. Fresu Noah is actually really good jockey and has had a really, I think he won like seven or eight races last week. This ben. guy is very capable. He's going to be a big price. I don't know. I, I think I, I'm going with Katona to at least run somewhere in the money. I think he's a little bit interesting. Richard Avalar said that uh, Keita Sormo, your, your guy, Noah, Keita Sormo talked a lot about the source of Sanita, I'm assuming in a positive way. Um, I don't know. I'm going with a little bit of price. Guys, we got about five minutes left uh, to get to Jim Miller, then quickly go through our pick five. So let's go very quickly through the last race i go ahead and take the banners off the screen there is race 11 on the screen another very tough race i thought guys very tough the delmar handicap it's the distance race 300,000 mile and three eighths grade two i thought it was a pretty weak field next week by the way kentucky downs is the 1.7 million dollar distance race so if you're wondering where all the real good maybe east coast horses or midwest horses they're going to that race guys the kentucky downs $1.7 $1.7 million race next week. Uh, there's our picks. There's the field. It's a field of, it's a mile and three-eighths. Field of 11. It's a three-turn race. Gold Phoenix, D'Amato, Juan Hernandez, Little uh, little uh, Red Feather owned. Let's go to you, Noah. You're going to go with Awfully Naughty for McCarthy and Rispoli. Although it might not be Rispoli. I, I will have to see. Yeah, I when I was looking at the PPs, I just thought that this this horse was the best kind of turf marathoner. Um, you know, he he ran back to back buyer tops in the Whittingham and the San Luis Ray, and then I think Planetario just had everything go his way that last time and ended up beating him by four lengths, which is looks like a lot on paper, but I feel like uh, these horses are pretty close. I'm hoping that Rispoli stays on because I I think you know Rispoli's getting to know this horse real well. Um, and I just think he's the most talented out of these four. Uh, yeah, awfully naughty has run very well. The here's my thing: this horse can win. I've got him second, Noah. I don't 
you know, the well, actually, he was with Planetario. I was going to question his class, but I've got Planetario, so scratch what I was going to say. I think these are the two best horses. I agree with you, Noah. I think they're the two best distance horses. I think Awfully Naughty is actually better in mile three-eighths, and I'm worried that my top choice wants to go even longer. Um, but I think it's probably one of these two if they run well. Uh, Pete disagrees, though. He's going to go with Little Red Feather uh, and Billy uh, Koch and Juan Hernandez. Gold Phoenix, uh, who has run at the distance, but is he not better a little bit shorter, Pete? That's my main question. I like this horse. I've got him third. He can definitely win. Yeah, I think you might be right, but I I, I mean, he did win this race last year, so it's not like he can't win going this distance he's weird because he does sort of bounce around from from distances the actually i just love this horse and and he's he's sort of a personal favorite of mine so (laughs) i i generally have him when when he runs so i'm I'm not gonna not include him the thing that does concern me he never strings together two straight wins so he that concerned me he, I mean, it's weird because he goes from winning to, you know, not he not he doesn't even like contend. Sometimes he'll sort of run a little bit off the board. But you get that when you have a horse coming from behind. Sometimes your pace compromised. So there's not a ton of pace in this race from what I can tell. But uh, again, he's just a horse that I can't leave off my ticket. I just think he's a really hard knocker. And, and again, I'm a sucker for the defending champ in races sometimes. He's two for three at Del Mar, three for three in the money. He's one, like I said, he's one at the distance, even if it's not his best. So, yeah, yeah I, I've got Planetary. I'm, I'm concerned with these outside posts a little bit. Um, it's a fairly short run to that first turn. There's not a lot of speed. I'm afraid, like the nine ten, could both be like hung out in the first turn. That might make a difference. I've got Planetario. I think he's coming into his own for Mandela. I think they figured this horse out. The real. Oh, real quick on this one. The, the, the weird thing was in that United Nations, which it, it, it looked like a weird race when Therapist won it because he was a pretty good yeah. surprise. Yeah. Three runners have come out of that race so far, and they've all run poorly. So that yeah. was one concern I had a little bit with yeah. the nine, even though he's run against Awfully Naughty. If you like Awfully Naughty, which I do as well, then you know he's still right there. It was a weak United Nations. I don't love this horse. Yeah. I've got him on top, but I just didn't see a lot of other great options. Paul, we'll have the, you have the last say here. You did find another option. I almost – I looked at this horse real closely, Paul. I mean real closely. I didn't love his works. He was – like I said earlier, he was getting outworked by – I'm missing the name now. The, the horse earlier that we, that we talked about, uh, the nine horse in the earlier race. But, boy, this horse had some serious back class. I mean, he was losing the, – the race that he – at Lingfield uh, – this Algiers is a serious, like, group, like, two horse. So he was facing some really good horses earlier. I have no idea why Sadler decided to put him on the dirt. He was working well, Paul. I guess that's why. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be questioning Sadler, but it was just weird. Yeah, I, you took the words out of my mouth. I, would, I have no idea what they were thinking. Uh you know, unless they were, you know, they were clearly might have been thinking Pacific Classic since they ran in the prep. Yes, yeah. But, you know, you talked about the distance. You know, this horse has run uh, uh, just about the distance, a mile and five sixteenths yeah. uh, on the Saudi Cup uh, card. Right. Uh, ran fourth. Uh, as you said, back class, you know, I I just think if – if if you didn't have those two dirt races in there and you were just betting them off the overseas form, yeah. he's maybe like five to two 
of three to one, and now he's whatever he is, six to one. So I, I think he's a sneaky price play here. I I, I kind of think I'm, I'm starting to like this horse a lot. This is the one I'm worried about. I just didn't love his works, and maybe he's just not as good as he was last year. But I almost wish, Paul, that he was just off the boat and running in this race and like never ran those dirt races, you know what I mean? Then I'd really love him. So I don't know. He's. I'm very worried that this horse is going to win. I'm using him, but uh, this is the interesting one. Guys, let's go through our pick fives as we've got Jim uh, now waiting in the bullpen. We're going to do this very quickly. I'm going to take this off the screen. It's just an incredible sequence. Uh, guys, take about 30 seconds if you may. I'll read them, and then you can just maybe just make one point about your ticket. Pete, we're going to have you go first. Pete's 1348 with 49 with 3568 with 159 with 410 96 bucks. Yeah, nothing too overly complicated. There were a couple of races I wanted to go deep, the first and third leg. The second leg, I went with FaZa, but I also went with Coffee in Bed, the four, who's about, I think, about 12 to one. Yeah. So we didn't talk about that horse, but I figured no. if we can beat FaZa, I like to do it with a price. And then in, in that last leg, too, Gold Phoenix, and I, I like that four with you, Paul. I really think those are the – I think they're the – potentially could, could have – I think that horse could just be the best horse, I agree, based off that that international form lost the most to death in the last race too. You didn't even yeah, mention that. And he just beat Paddington pretty handily. Right. So he, that class yeah. coming over is crazy. So it's just a weird scenario. Yeah, for sure. He, he could fire big. Um, Paul, you're going one, four, five, seven with one, nine with three, five with one, five, seven, nine with four, nine, 10 for 96 bucks. Yeah, the strategy was to go narrow, as you can see in those two legs. I couldn't, I can't single phaser, so I had to go one other. I used the sheriff's horse in the rail. As we talked about the ninth race, uh, wide open race. So, uh, again, couldn't get myself to single, but went with just the two. And then spread out uh, pretty good in, in, the, in the Pacific Classic. Uh, I think I'm four deep there and then uh, end it with uh, three deep and what, what I think is also a fairly wide open uh, finale. No no doubt. Very, very tough. I mean, it's just hard to single anyone in this sequence. I guess phase is going to be the most likely single, but I just, I mean, she really isn't that much better than a lot of them in there, at least by the numbers. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, Noah, here we go. Very right. I'll tell you what, you guys want to make some money. Be ready right this time because like I said, there you go, Paul, be ready. Noah is singling. Ballsy, man. I love it. Singling six to one Balnikov to start this pick five. And hey, you no, know, if you don't hit it, you just play the old pick four, right? He's going yeah. five with six nine, with three five six eight nine, with one three five nine, with two six nine ten. So Noah will take a five nine 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 nine, I'm sure. Eighty bucks, Noah. Singling Balnikov, you just gotta take a stand somewhere, and that's where you're gonna do it. Yeah, I'm just throwing my chips in the pot with Balnikoff. And, and if he doesn't get it done, like you said, I'll just play the pick four. Uh, in race eight, I've got FaZa and Anywho. I just think Anywho's the most likely to try and beat FaZa. Uh, in the ninth race, I originally had eight, and I had to cut it down to five. I think that race is just absolutely wide open. That's the um, five for long service sprint, everyone. Yeah, the uh, green flash. Okay. Uh, and then in the uh, Pacific Classic, um, I've got the two Baffords. Um, I've got uh, Go Rocket Ride, and then I threw in Stiletto Boy uh, because I'm not going to get beat by DeSormo. And then in the last leg, I've got uh, my top three were 6, 9, and 10. And we didn't mention the two, but I threw him in because I think he could be lone speed. 
Matt Miller, by the way, if anyone's got any thoughts on race six, you can throw them out there into, and when I'm done with mine. I think Matt's looking to play a double, guys. I've got a feeling there. Um, no, I certainly don't need – you don't need my advice, but I just want to say one thing. The way you were talking about the funded, maybe you single the funded and go deeper in the first leg, just the way that you were talking. I'm not saying that's what I would do, but just the way you were – Speaking of defunded, maybe that would be a good signal for you. I don't know, something to consider, and you know, unless you just obviously love Balnikoff, but I love your ticket. It's really good. Here's my ticket, and then we'll bring on uh, Jim here. My ticket, where the hell is my ticket? Here it is. Uh, whoop, that's not my ticket. Um, eh, I thought I, oh, you know what? It's fine. I just, it should Isn't be. Isn't it impressive, a, Noah, it coming on the flagship show? It's really just, impressive, it right? I have it as a ticker. That was the problem. I thought this was supposed to be the major leagues. This there is, we yeah, go. yeah. We're the old men, though. So the later it gets, the more you know, the more off kilter we tend to get. I'm going one four five eight nine with one six nine with three six eight with one two five eleven with nine. I'm singling Planetario, and I just want to say for everyone out there, I don't love love this course, but I had to budget my ticket, and I just think. It's I, I'm not love with Gold Phoenix on Saturday. I just I'm not sure about the distance and miss the cut. I don't like the replays of a watch of the work. So to me, it's either awfully naughty or Planetario, and I can't double my ticket. So I just took a stand. Um, I've got some interesting bombs in there. If that if this thing hits, I'm going to make a boatload of money. So there's my and I've got of course Katona in there along with Skinner actually and Defunded and Go Rocket Ride. Even though I don't love them, I have respect for Mandela. There's my pick five. Guys, it's been a lot of fun. It's going to be an absolutely fascinating day of racing at Del Mar for the Pacific Classic. Pete Visco, Paul Halloran, Noah Maher, you guys did awesome. Noah, nice job, young man, on your main voyage. We look forward to having you on again uh, on this show. And of course, check out Noah on Benton Boozen Wednesday nights. Uh, Wednesday nights. Let's bring on Jim Miller real quick. Jim Miller. From Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. And I'm telling you guys, that it, it is. It's a great card at Del Mar this weekend. I was looking through it as well. I love the field size. That's something that uh, you don't see a whole lot usually in the races out on the West Coast. So great fields up and down. It's a tremendous card. If any of your tickets hit, they're going to pay well because there just are no standout horses really throughout the sequence. So all of you have great tickets, but the best one's going to be whatever <laughs> one that hits. Jim, I continue to try to develop young talent and the young man down there to your right, uh, who's from California and goes to the University of Kentucky, by the way, in Lexington, has some aspirations in the horse racing business. No, oh, I should really give you Jim Miller's contact info because he came on air not too much. Actually, I think younger than you are right now, Noah. So Jim Miller's a great story, Noah, and uh, a real success in this big business. And Jim, again, I think it's crucial that we bring young people into this game. And Noah's another example yeah. of one of our Ben Boozen guys that does that. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. So, so Noah, get my contact info from Howard. Uh, I'll definitely help you out in whatever way I can. Uh, it's one thing that I've really liked to do over the course of the years. It's gotten a lot of people kind of started on the uh, broadcasting end of things. Uh, Katie Michelet, who actually did a, a lot of work at Presque Isle and Keeneland, started out at Hawthorne. And Nancy Holthus, who does over does the work over at Oakland, I got her started at Oakland. Alyssa Ali, who did a lot of the work at Arlington Park. She came on with me when she was 18 years old at Hawthorne Learning. And it's just one of the things where you want to get people involved and you want to see them do great things. So I'm perfectly happy here in the Chicagoland area, for the, but for those that want to spread their wings and have the ability to, I'm happy to help as well. 
And Jim, last thing before I let these guys go, Noah had some big scores this summer. Last week, hello, Jim, you tipped out a horse on this show. You want to tell no real quick what happened last week on this show? Uh, Gabriella Attack was the name of the horse. It was one of those races where I, I didn't like the race. It was a bottom-level maiden claimer. You saw a few signs of life, but the biggest sign that I saw with this horse was a rider change from a guy who's only ridden a handful of races at Hawthorne to the leading jock of the meet. And this was a horse that just kind of settled back in a slow race, gave the horse a great trip, and the horse rallied one at 27 to one. So it was really a uh, nice uh, winner there for the uh, part of the late pick four. We still missed the ticket, though. But we actually had two good winners in that sequence because we had a $12 winner to uh, close out the card, too. Unbelievable. Great job. Well, I'll let these guys go. Jim, you're going to stand, obviously. We're going to talk about closing weekend at Hawthorne. Pete, Paul, and Noah, thanks, Sly. Have a great night. Good luck on good Saturday, night. guys. Take care. Thank you. All right, Jim, here we go. Let me put it this way here. Richard Avalar, nice comment. Congrats on your daughter uh, going to college. Uh, very exciting. Your son's going to be, uh, is a junior, I believe. Is that right, in high school? Uh, my son's a junior, yeah. My daughter is a uh, cross-country runner for Winona State College, their Division II college. Um, uh, credit to them. The first national rankings came out, and they're ranked number five in the nation. So Ooh. it's one of the things where she's in a part of a good program, learning from some great runners. They have a the, uh, young lady who could end up being the national champion this year wow. as a part of their team. So that's really cool. Um, and it's one of those things where it's just uh, I, I'm excited. I'm actually going to get up bright and early tomorrow, and I'm going to run up there and see her for a couple of days because I haven't seen her since sending her off to school. So see her before coming back for the uh, Sunday card at Hawthorne. Well, you're, you said you were going to run up there. You're actually probably good enough shape to actually run up there, but I, I think we all know what you're saying. Before we talk about the closing weekend at Hawthorne yep. and anything else, and I don't mean to get into the family business, but does she have a chance to be one of the, like, start right away as a freshman and be in the top four or five, or is she sort of going to be more behind the scenes and learn the, the college um, running game, so to speak? What, what What's the vibe there with your daughter? It's interesting because, of course, she has high hopes. Um, the great thing is she's on a team that is returning all of their top seven runners from last year. So you learn while trying to compete at the same time. So of that's course. the really cool thing is you have big dreams, you have big aspirations, and she's already seen great improvements since coming over. But uh, it's one of those things where uh, the little things that you learn for people that don't know that much about running, cross-country races in college for the uh, females are uh, six kilometers, so 3.7 miles. To get ready for those six-kilometer races, uh, my daughter right now is running about 50 miles a week. So it's uh, one of those things for anybody that uh, wow. doesn't know. Running's hard. I tell her running's I... hard all the time, but she loves it. It's a great campus. It's a great program. So she's very happy where she is. I don't think I've run 50 miles in my life. <laughs> uh, I used to – I'm a little heavier now than I used to because of – back injuries and all and getting old and blah, blah, blah. I used to be actually be a, a pretty good athlete, but uh, I was a sprinter. I was not a long distance guy. But anyway, speaking of sprinting, Jim, we're sprinting to the end of Hawthorne. How about yep. that? Not a bad TV transition. Nice uh, we are sprinting to the end of the meet of Hawthorne. It's been a great meet. I'll, I have some things I want to say to you at the very end, uh, just in general and closing. But let's talk about the late pick four Sunday. Again, this is Sunday, late pick four. Scrolling on the bottom of the screen, and if you're thinking about, nah, I just, I'll just, I'll just leave the show and go on my business. You're missing out, people, because Jim Miller can give out tickets and prices, as we talked about. Late pick four Sunday. Now the the, the meet closes Monday, correct yep. on Labor Day. Yep, nine race card on Monday, correct. Okay, so this is the penultimate card at Hawthorne for the 2023 Thoroughbred meet. We'll talk about the next meet coming up too. You see, scrolling on the bottom of the screen is picks, and I'm I have the PPs also, Jim. Let me bring up a few things here. Give me a second. 
Okay, here's race five. It's a main special weight. The babies are out. Two-year-olds, yeah. field of 10. Uh, is this an open company? Nice. Yep. Nice purse. Almost 40000 in the kitty. Moreline favorite is the number six. What a great name. Neon Dion, huh. a Pennsylvania bred for Ravelli and Rodriguez. And you're going with the three, though, King Anthony for uh, Hernandez. Armando and Hernandez, a little yeah. bit of a price. And, and here's what's interesting, which I'm really kind of happy to see. These same connections, Antonio Donato and Armando Hernandez, owner-trainer, debuted with a uh, first-timer today, a two-year-old, and it was a filly, and she was victorious, and she took action early. And this horse had the basically the same workout pattern going in as what wow. the filly did today. So make sure you go back and check that out. But there was a okay. two-year-old uh, filly race today. Here's the thing. Th this owner, Antonio Donato, has been in the game in Illinois for a long time, but a lot of times we're kind of on the lower claiming routes and that. And then he said, I'm just going to jump in. And what he did was he took a lot of these uh, horses that were the higher-level claimers at, uh, in Kentucky, 30000 40000 50000 claiming these horses, bringing over to Hawthorne, winning the optional 50s, winning the open allowance. He just won a state the horse that he had claimed 35000 Now he's dabbling in with some of the youngsters, and you're getting some of these two-year-olds that are coming along. This one, a $25,000 OBS purchase. But they're going in there always with the intent to win. Armando Hernandez has had a very good meet. And when you have Ravelli, you have Owen Hardy in the spot, some of those type of guys, a couple from the barn of Hugh Robertson. This is a field where there's the potential to maybe catch a little bit of a price, and I think that price could come with King Anthony. And Neon Dan was in that race where you liked the block, right, a few weeks ago, yep. and and yep. now they're running him uh, back. Yep. Tough little nut, right. Yeah, and that, and the uh, thing that was interesting was that race, uh, Ravelli had two in there, and he thought the other one of his two was actually going to be the faster one, and Neon Dion outkicked that yeah. one. So a little bit interesting there, but they're moving to the dirt with this one today. I just I think Neon Dion takes a lot of action. You can try to beat that horse. He does. I mean, uh, this might be the, the time to beat a Ravelli on the dirt with a two-year-old. Uh, let's go to the next race here. You see, of course, scrolling. Next race, race six, uh, hard knockers. 20 claimers. They're going one mile. On the turf. By the way, the weather in Chicago has—it's uh, going to be absolutely gorgeous yep. all weekend. It's actually pretty hot coming. I'm not so hot that you're going to have to back up the post time. Right. I don't think, but right. um, it is going to be warm and dry. The turf has has been playing very firm and fast lately. Just to let everyone know, uh, Moyline favorite here is the number two Command Point, a New York bred actually for Block, and there's Escavel again. You're going to go with Prancy Pants man, for Francisco oh Reyes at 4-1. to one. I'm not overly familiar with this trainer. I apologize about that, Jim. Uh, John Widower was typically a guy that was down at Fairmont Park with a small string of horses. He started to pick up more horses this meet, and he's had an absolutely tremendous meet. And Prancy Pants, look at the turnaround for this horse since moving over to his barn at the start of the meet. Because all of a sudden, yeah. see that race on April the 2nd? That was a decent race. But then all of a sudden, it's victory, right. victory, victory, second, third, win. And that last ride, uh, that race that uh, Frank Reyes rode in that last start, that was against Open Allowance Company. The horse yeah. wasn't actually in the position where it wanted to be. It settled back off the pace a little bit, full of run late, was able to rally for the victory. But this is one of the horses that's completely turned things around, 100000 in earnings on the year for the Illinois bred horse. And every time just kind of gets dismissed aside from that one race where it was even money, but even last out 16 to one command points, probably going to be eight to five or nine to five in here. Prancy pants has already beaten command point on the meet. And we'll see if it can uh, turn the tables once again. I have a, a question that always yeah. there's command point there. I have a question that always comes to mind at the end of meets. And yep. I want to get your real quick 
feeling here. Sometimes I think these trainers um, and owners try to squeeze the lemon a little bit too much at the end of the meet. They want to get that one more race into these horses for purse for other reasons. She came back only, you know, what, two yeah. weeks and one last time with a career top. Now she's coming back in what, like, you know, nine, 10 days as yep. an eight year old. Jim, I'm not saying she can't win. I like your pick. I'm just bringing this up for the viewers. Any concern there? It's something that uh, you definitely do have to look to. And it, and it's something that I was curious to see was going to happen at the end of the Me Too. And it didn't happen as much as you normally would see when we were ending in December and going on a three-month hiatus. These yeah. horses are going to their next destination. Some are going to wait and, and head off to fairgrounds. Some are going to run at Horseshoe Indianapolis. Some are going to go up to Canterbury for a little bit. So look, to, look to other spots where they can run and try to get those races in. So a horse like Prancy Pants, the main reason they're back in here is because they are Illinois bred. This is an open uh, claiming race, so they have a chance to race for that Illinois bonus. And when you've had that good of a meet, go right back in and try to get it once again. Yeah, I think that's actually an excellent point. This is not like they're going to be off for three months and right. you know they're going to go other spots. So uh, uh, that's actually a very, very interesting point. I didn't really quite think that through, so I'm glad you said that. Uh, next race, race seven, penultimate leg of the pick four, of course. This is starter optional allowance, 16,000 down to 7,500. That's a pretty big spread, actually. Yep. You don't usually see that kind of a spread. That'd be another conversation for another day. But anyway, it's an eight-horse field. Moreline favorite, long, tall woman uh, with Esquivel and Hernandez. You're going with first kitten, Miraz and Centeno, nine to two. Yeah, the thing about long, tall woman, this is a horse that just has been solid this year, but not as dominant as she's been in the past. She's made seven starts on the year. She's hit the board in all seven of those races, but only one of them has been a victory. And a lot of these horses have been knocking heads. You see the names there, Samarita, first kitten, Princess Stella, first kitten, Seward. Long, tall woman's always there. She's an ATM, but it's just one of those where I think you can try to find a little bit more of a price. So you go to the seven horse first kitten. And again, you find a horse that seems to be in really solid form. Now that last out was a race that was slated for the turf. This horse didn't want to really be on the turf that day. They were hoping that race was going to come off and it did and everything set up perfectly, but that was a pretty good field for the optional 40 there race day attire. The horse that uh, finished second in that race, won an open allowance earlier on in the meet. Miss Melody has been pretty solid too. And first kitten just kind of has that versatility can rate off the pace and run on, can go up and show speed if needed. Antonio Mraz, the trainer, has had a tremendous meet, really kind of done it under the radar. He's second in the trainer standings behind Larry Ravelli. That's how wow. good of a meet he's had. He's winning at a 24% clip and doing it with horses like this. And a lot of times these horses are sitting there at 7 to 2, 4 to 1, 9 to 2. You're looking at 10, $11 winners type of race horses. And this is another one of those. Yeah, uh, interesting that, you know, it's got a lot of. Uh turf breeding on the dam side but yep. it's actually 0 for 5 on turf so right. obviously this is a better dirt horse and flat outs obviously a a dirt sire on the male side so interesting very interesting breeding there and this horse is in excellent form let's go to the last race on of the last sunday the late pick four of course we have jim miller director of racing at hawthorne race course let me go ahead and bring up the last race of the day on Sunday claiming 7,500 on the turf, five and a half furlongs, a big field of 10, and a big Moyline favorite in the number six lyrical poet for Wesley Ward and Rodriguez. But you are, I'll tell you what, you're trying to beat a lot of chalks, which I like, yeah. uh, Jim. Of course, you're the one that makes the morning line. So right. um, you're going with X Prompt, uh, Bread in France, uh, Campbell, and Olaf Hernandez, four to one. All right. 
when you pull up the past performances, Howard, look at the six horse lyrical poet in here and, and just, I, I'm so confused as to why the horse is in this race. This is a horse that came off a long layoff into that last out. I get that. But yeah. ran a good race for 32,000 at Saratoga. You got beaten a half length at seven to two. Why are you in for 7,500 at Hawthorne? That's the thing that scares me. Is it that something happened from that long layoff into that spot? Are you dropping and trying to scare people off? Are you looking for a purse and hoping to get claimed? There's just something that just seems so odd to me that you either have to single a horse. I mean, I picked the third in here, but I, I left it off my ticket. I'm just saying it, it, it's kind of all or nothing. It's just so weird why this horse is in this race. Just totally, I mean, one extremely slow work at Keeneland. Since is there any other early speed in this race, uh, Jim? Yeah, yeah. there's some speed on the outside. Dragon Drew is one well, of those that can not show that slow. Speed. I mean, he has no right. chance. But Gre no, but Greeley's, go, ice, obviously. Greeley's Ice keeps things honest. Archer keeps things honest. Uh, Dragon Drew as well. It's just, it, it's, something just seems odd. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. So, I went to these horses that are kind of more of your proven turf horses. X-Prompt, Dragon Drew. These are horses that both wheel back quickly. They both raced on August the 23rd. Right. That was a weird race. That was one of those races that we ran under the lights that night. It was a 13-horse field that ended up scratching down to four. A lot of horses scratched because of the heat. Well, X-Prompt's a horse that typically wants to come from out of it. And when there's a four-horse race, you have to ride it completely differently. Sure. Sure. And the rider put the horse into the race and just ended up chasing Dragon Drew the whole way around. And Dragon Drew is right back in here as well, too. But X-Prompt gets so much more pace to chase. Should come running late. Dragon Drew, I can tell you this, Abel Escano, the whole length of the stretch, was looking for X-Prompt in that last spot, <laughs> waiting for him to come. And the horse just wasn't able to run by. And a lot of it was due to the four-horse field. But these are two legitimate turf sprinters who are posting speed figures just as good as Lyrical Poet. But again, Lyrical Poet, Wesley Ward, huge class drop. The horse is going to take a ton of action, but just so odd that the horse finds this spot on or on the second day to closing day. I have to do my deep dive, which I'm not prepared to do tonight, so apologize to the viewers for Hawthorne. Um, just quick glance, I love this eight horse, Jim, yeah. and I am. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'm completely against Lyrical Poet. You've got, what, eight to five on this, yeah. on this horse? Yeah, and it might go shorter. I I, I he, I, I think, I think he, this horse probably will be shorter. I mean, right. you see a lot of people love the ones, right, Jim? One, yeah. one, one. Just ran PLC Saratoga. People think, oh, second off the layoff is going to improve. But right. again, this is red flag city all over the place, as we say in the handicapping world, right, Jim? Uh, yeah, you don't, you don't <laughs> go from a from a third place finish for thirty two at Saratoga no. to a uh, seventy five hundred at Hawthorne, unless there's a question mark somewhere. The if the horse goes say, off and wins by 10, fine. But The only thing I me. will say, I mean, he's got a lot of extremely high-quality runners. And, yes. like, they don't – I don't want to sound disrespectful. They, this is not a horse they need in their barn. He actually right. owns the horse, I can see, also. So, you know, he's got but, other horses to worry about, like prepping for Breeders' Cup races. So, right. from that standpoint, I understand it. But other than that, this he just wants to get rid of the horse. It's very obvious. Sure, and and somebody, I think there's going to be a whole lot of claims oh. in for this racehorse because here's the thing, too. All of a sudden, you run this race, you're starter eligible. So you get this yes. horse and you want to protect the racehorse, you're protected for two years. So if the if the horse is solid and you go in there and claim, and a lot of people are going to be claiming, uh, we'll see whoever gets it will be coming out with a, a horse that's starter eligible after that. Jim, I'll check my pockets. I might have 3750. You got 3750. Oh, yeah, I can find we'll, it. We'll split this horse. What do you think? 
Hey, I, I've been in the horse ownership business before. Someday I'll get back in again. All right, maybe we'll put in a claim. We'll see, although I can't because I'm not officially an Illinois owner. But, you know, you can pull some strings. You yeah, know I some can't either. I'm directly what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your pick four, Jim, at yep. the bottom of the screen, $24 ticket, 3568 with 25 with 147 with 89 just completely tossing out the ward. I yep. like it, 24 bucks. And you look at the ticket. I mean, the two-year-old race is going to be the toughest of the race just because of the unknowns in there. I'm flattered a little bit more of, about King Anthony in the two-year-old race because of how the Hernandez runner ran today. And that's a horse that I laid at eight to one. And I think you might get eight to one on that horse. The second leg, it comes down to Prancy Pants. Prancy Pants is a horse that I think gets a, a good trip there. Command point has been very solid. So I could see uh, those two being right there at the wire. Uh, it's the three logical horses that have been duking it out in the starter race all year long in race number seven. Sam Marita, long, tall woman, first kitten. And then again, Let's try to beat the uh, seven to five in the last leg. If you do, either of these horses are going to be $10, $11 horses, and you get a nice return for your ticket. Absolutely. Uh, you definitely get paid. And Robert Rivers New, thank you, uh, Kyle, for talking talking to Robert in the chat. Robert, thanks for joining us. We did exclusively cover Del Mar the first hour of the show. Please go back and watch it or listen to it, and you can hear all about Del Mar this Saturday. Uh, Jim, we got a few more minutes here and I would be remiss if I didn't say a few things. First of all, before I say my goodbyes to you for the thoroughbred season, uh, let's talk about what's happening at Hawthorne anyway, coming up pretty soon. And also what you've yeah. been doing downstate recently, because we just completely skipped that. No disrespect, <laughs> but no. talk about what's been going on downstate Illinois with you specifically, and then what's coming up here soon after the thoroughbred meet closes. Well, one of my um, many jobs, and, and people talk about how there, nobody in racing has just one job. You have five jobs, 10 jobs, whatever it is. Uh, one of my many duties at Hawthorne, aside from director of racing on the thoroughbred end, I'm the general manager of harness racing at the Illinois State Fair in Springfield and DuCoin. So the way my schedule has looked the last week or so was I did your podcast last Thursday. Then after that on Friday, I was headed down to Springfield. And then I was back up here. And then Sunday, I was at Hawthorne for live racing on Sunday. Then Monday, I drove down to DeCoin, Illinois, which for those in our area, it's about five hours south of uh, where we're at. We had harness races at DeCoin. So there were 16 harness races on Monday. 15 of them on Tuesday after Tuesday's races, hopped in the car, drove back home. Uh, Hawthorne Wednesday, Hawthorne Thursday, and then uh, going to go see my kid for a couple of days and then be back for Hawthorne. But it is. It's one of those things where in Illinois, the way the racing scene has shifted over the course of the last few years, and it's it's sad to say, but 20 years ago, there were five racetracks in uh, upstate Illinois. You had Sportsman's Arlington and Hawthorne on the thoroughbred end, Maywood and Balmoral on the standard bread end. Now there's one. So it's Hawthorne handle in both breeds. You have thoroughbred racing, you have standard bred racing, and uh, there's not enough days in the calendar to get both breeds raced. So we do race at the state fairs. We host races at the uh, Illinois State Fairgrounds in Springfield and doing everything we can to keep both of the breeds alive. The one thing it does do, though, that benefits us is you get that chance to strip the racetrack up, Howard, and you get the chance to check the base of the racetrack. And we're the only track in the United States that does this. But when you do the track conversion, you know your base is perfectly sound, perfectly even. It has to be to run a harness horse over it. I wish other racetracks would actually do it more often, but it's one of the things that we do, and it's expensive. It's a couple hundred thousand to do so, but when you're trying to keep both breeds alive, you do everything you can. 
and talk about the quickly the uh, harness racing schedule yep. at Hawthorne. I used to play harness a lot. I don't play quite as much anymore because I'm obviously deep dive into the podcast. But I do play. I grew up a harness player. I loved betting harness, especially in Chicago. And Hawthorne's got a nice long stretch, of course. Oh yeah. Where the these guys in the sulky can wait, wait, wait. And there's always like a lot of blanket finishes at Hawthorne. It's very exciting and high quality harness racing. Talk very briefly when people can watch harness racing in Hawthorne this fall. Yeah, so harness racing is actually starting up on uh, September the 9th. So it's weird. We get done with the fourth on Thoroughbreds. After that last race crosses the wire, our track man will be out there with the blade pulling dirt up like immediately because you have 72 hours to turn over this racetrack. And it's a lot of dirt that has to be removed, uh, eight barns that have to be cleaned out and reset for horses and bringing horses in. Uh, But the harness racing is going to be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, the first Sunday card is 18 races. So we're having a 4.30 wow. post because Whoa. there was a cancellation at Springfield and it was oh. all their championship races. Oh. All 18 come to Hawthorne. So we're going to start about 4.30. Oh, wow. We're going to get done about 10.30, 11 o'clock at night and uh, have 18 paramutual races on uh, Sunday the uh, 10th. But uh, it's one of those things. First post, 7.10 most nights. But when you have that early night, we're going to be a little bit earlier. We're going to be racing harness through the end of the year. And then everybody will find out the third week of September what our racing schedule is for next year. I can tell you this, it's going to be expanded once again, which is a good thing in Illinois. But uh, we're very busy at Hawthorne for sure. Uh, I'm very excited to see those those dates. Uh, Jim, let me just say in closing a few quick things, we'll let you go. First of all, uh, Hawthorne Racecourse has been a fantastic sponsor of this podcast all year long during the thoroughbred season. And Jim, you've done yeoman's work. I know you're extremely busy and we really appreciate all the time and the insight that you've given this podcast on not only Thursday nights, but also occasionally on Wednesday nights. And just for me personally, I want to thank you uh, for uh, the hospitality you've given, given this show and you've given to me as I had an opportunity to uh, be at Hawthorne and be on air and be with you and got to know you very well. I can see you a friend of mine. I really do appreciate it. And I will say that as long as Hawthorne will have us, this podcast will continue to support family run tracks like Hawthorne Racecourse. And I am very excited to see what the future holds for Hawthorne. I know there's big plans in the works that we don't have to talk about right now, but uh, you know, hopefully the future is very bright at Hawthorne and there's bigger and better days ahead at Hawthorne Racecourse. Uh, and also for this podcast as well. Well, I, I can tell you this. Uh, first off, thank you. Uh, thanks to Paul. Thanks to Pete. I get, just getting to know everybody and talking to everybody. And just the learning, too. I mean, there's so much knowledge that comes in, which is really cool. It's great having the viewership, too, because these are horse fans and horse players. And to get the support of Hawthorne and to see the support. We tried something new at the start of this meet, doing the 12% takeout and win play show wagering. Carried it the entire meet. We're carrying that onto our harness season two, and people just aren't doing that. They're not lowering takeout. Everybody's raising it. We lowered it because we wanted to give something back to the fans as well. So I'm happy to see that continuing. Also, I know we're going to be back seeing you on there when the uh, thoroughbreds come again. And man, hopefully things are going to be uh, wild, crazy, and and things are going to be going a uh, little nuts in Illinois by the time that we get back. But it is it, it's something that what I think is cool though is. Seeing you guys and, and seeing Kyle out at, out at the uh, the different events and the handicap. Yeah. Just to have everybody. Everybody's just fun and love to talk about racing. And that's one of the most important things. And to all these great circuits. And I thank you guys for the support of Hawthorne as well. And you know we're always welcome out there anytime. And uh, hopefully we can get Paul. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, you're freezing up a little bit. Just, uh, just perfect way to end the uh, your appearance. They're freezing up. Yeah, great times at the OTBs and the pool parties and, you know, Dakota and Rhonda, just everyone involved. And again, uh, for someone like myself who would like to break into the business on the TV end uh, relatively soon as I'm retiring from teaching, you know, in the next few years or whatever, um, th- those opportunities don't come along too often. And I, I greatly appreciate the opportunity uh, to be on air with you and hopefully uh, many times in the future and we've had many people on the show as you know jim like jim pilar's tom espinoza who've come out and said you know what i play hawthorne now and that is exactly why uh we have you and other people from hawthorne on the show so without further ado we'll just go ahead and close out the show jim it's been awesome good luck with the uh with your with your daughter uh with your son in high school with the uh, all the harness meet, and I'm sure we'll be in touch. Let's have oh, a yeah. beverage, uh, you know, oh, sometime yeah. in the next few months as well. For sure, maybe over uh, you know a big race day or whatnot. We'll we'll be in touch. So Got we'll it. end the show right now. Let me take the banner off the screen. Look below. We've got Saratoga today, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday special show, 10:30 a.m. Eastern for Saratoga's uh, closing weekend as well. It's been great. We really again appreciate everyone watching for Paul Halloran, Pete Visco, Noah Maher, and my good friend, director of racing at Hawthorne Racecourse, Jim Miller. This has been host Howard Kravitz, episode 288 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Crush your bets at Del Mar and Hawthorne on Sunday. Happy Labor Day, everyone. Take care. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.